All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Serious Angler podcast powered by our friends over at X2 Power. I'm joined here with the captain, Mr. Andy Full. And as always, I'm your host, Bailey Igbra. Andy, what's going on, man? Happy happy birthday to the youngest. To, no, not the youngest full anymore. She used to be youngest full. She is the, the oldest youngest one in the house, right? My first daughter turned four today, and uh, I spent the whole day at a children's museum running around like a chicken with the head cut off, trying to chase her and slow her down. But it was a good day. She Did you say of- that, but I bet you loved it. Oh, no, I've had heartburn like all day. It's been, yeah, it's been a miserable day for me. But she got her first bike today with training wheels. So this Uh-oh. morning I was out chasing her um, up and down the street after I put the bike together. She probably fell like six or seven times, but very resilient young little lad and well, like little young lad. little girl. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> lad. and she pops right up and kept going. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I see that. Dang, man. Oh, uh, hey, that's a that's a big milestone. I feel like the first bike is it's like a big deal. Yeah. She um I put it together and her eyes were like oh, I can't wait. Like I'm like, all right, let's get dressed and go. 8 30 in the morning. Here we are outside on a bike. So the next step is taking like the deck of the two cards from a deck of cards in the house and taping yeah. them to the spokes so that it sounds like a motorcycle. Oh yeah. She would love that probably. They must have. First, we got to get her comfortable riding the bike so that she doesn't like hit the brakes every four seconds and then falls over. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Sounds like a Buffalo driver. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Okay. Well, total tangent. But did you do this, the tires or not the tires, the cards in the spokes of your tires as a kid too? Who didn't? Okay. I'm just making sure we're human here. <laughs> like we, who didn't? I, I, we got to make sure. Ben, shake your head yes or no if you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. man. We could still have him, have him on tonight. <laughs> if he said no, I might have just ended the show right there. <laughs> oh, Two minutes. That's all, folks. We'll see you later. Dude, it's like trying to adult right now. I wish I was freaking eight years old again and thinking I was the coolest dude on earth riding my bike down the street, sounding like a motorcycle. Yeah. Thought I was like such badass. And Didn't like, we all? Yeah. Now we're adulting. Yeah. Now you have a canoe while you're in a kayak. Canoe. <laughs> Go to bed, Andy. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long couple days. Saturday we had the derby that we got like fortunately we won, but we literally got our teeth kicked in on the lake the entire day. If people didn't see like my social media posts and the reel I posted that's what we dealt with for like seven out of eight hours. <laughs> Bilge pump was rocking on high the entire time. And then we had like her birthday party with family and friends that had kids on Sunday. And I think there was like 45 people at her house. And yesterday I hung out with the girls. It was my turn to play parent for the whole day. And then today I was at a children's museum. So balloons and spokes. That sounds like a recipe for disaster or just big boom. So... (laughs) Uh, yes anthony makes these evenings so much more funny (laughs) you never know what's coming out of left field i feel like we need to make anthony a moderator of the show for to give the not so serious side of every serious episode (laughs) next thing you know he's probably telling her i'm in it for me and not you too so (laughs) good gosh well back to what the topic at hand for tonight 
Uh, we got our good buddy, Mr. Benjamin Nowak here about to join us. We're about to bring him up. He's in the, in the queue as we speak. Um, we're talking uh, a new bait that he helped design. We're going to get the whole spiel on the uh, background of it. Um, you know, thoughts behind it. Uh, I've seen some pictures and you know, I saw him already go to work with the thing. So it's uh pretty excited to, uh, put that thing to work, put catch some smallmouth on it, but also we're gonna be talking some deep, you know, late summer smallmouth bass fishing, uh, where it can get it can get wild, it can get nutty. So I think without further ado, pain in the butt, but it, it can get wild. So we're gonna break it all down tonight. So without further ado, let's bring him on, Mr. Benjamin Noah. What's going on, dude? I was muted. Rookie. <laughs> Rookie. It's a great start, Ben. I was so excited. No, I am so excited about this topic because I know you guys go out and do the late summer smallie thing too, and it relates a lot to what I do. And like Andy said, it can be the best time and it can be the worst time because they're either there or they're not. And if they're not there, they're like in a very small area. So we'll dive into it. It uh, Before I get carried away, the market. I think it's probably been five or six months, maybe, since we had you last on the show. Uh, obviously, good. you frequent Rudd's show all the time, but for for the serious angler folk, what you've been up to? How was how's your season been so far? Tell uh, us all about it. So the season's been up and down. I've had some really good days. I've also really struggled this year, but I'm spending a lot less time on the water. So now I have two little girls. So a three year old and a one and a half year old. And so for me, it's like if I get out two to I would say two to four times a month is like a really like pretty average month. That's kind of where I'm ending up like one, one time every couple of weeks or once a week. Um, so it's, it's kind of been like an average year. I've just not really stayed on the fish, which is like a huge thing when you're not on the water as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sold my boat and I ended up in a champion 184. So like I'm redoing that, which is really fun and really cool. So it's been yeah. pretty fun. And our little group chat with you, Rudd and I, when you were like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to sell the boat," we're like, "Why?" But then you're and you brought up the champion. I'm like, "Okay, that is, that is yeah, that's pretty cool." <laughs> and I had I had my eye on like a 206, which is a 20 and a half footer, which mm-hmm. is like a big water eater, like it just crushes. But the dude wanted so much money for it. I got in my boat for five grand, and like by the time it's all said and done, I'll have like maybe ten thousand into it. Total, like total yeah. 10 grand. So Dude, that would be perfect. Like I get to make it all my own from like ripping all the carpet out, putting in flooring, building compartments, everything. It's been really cool. Dude. I, I mean, Andy can attest to this. There's days where I just get excited. And I'm like, I want a bass boat. We're going to make it happen. We're going to figure <laughs> yeah. out one way or another to make it happen. I'll go start looking at stuff on what, oh, um, it'll be like mass and... spam messages. Of like, <laughs> what do you think of this? Well, how can we rig this one out? And I'm like, oh, that wouldn't be fun for this lake, but I don't know if it'll get you on any of the other ones. Like, dude, because no. I was looking at like John boats, like 14 foot. Yeah. I think I sent Bailey some pictures, but like, I was so into it. I'm like, man, I'm so tired of the big water. I'm seeing all these guys post like sevens and like really big, like unrealistic fish catches. I'm like, I'm just so tired of the big water. And I almost went the wrong direction and got like a 14 foot John boat. I would have regretted and hated my life, dude. Oh, then you just would have had, would have had to buy another bass boat and keep the John yeah. boat once it's rigged. So then you can do both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might end up getting a kayak or something, but I don't know. 
Don't you already have like an old town or do you I sold it. I sold it because I'd only used it twice and now we're in a different stage of life. But only be... uses it twice, but you were like one of the first ones on YouTube to put live scope I, on a kayak. I, I know. Because immediately I knew I went out once and I'm like, man, I can't do this with no electronics. <laughs> Screw this. Love it. Oh, I that's know. funny. I, yeah. I just want to do like a hot drop. There's like a small river by my house. I could just hot drop and if Kylie meet me at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, why not? That's that's some of the most fun right there is like getting into that real skinny stuff, bringing like a rod or two. That's but right. But dude, I, I'm so bad about bringing too much gear, and with the kayak, it's like one of my biggest driving factors for wanting a boat is because of just the desire to not be crammed in, but also to be so more mobile. But we uh, on Sunday, I went to our uh, one of the guys in our local kayak trail. Uh, Jose uh, helps run this Heroes on the Waters uh, on the Water chapter here in New York. Was a bunch of getting bunch of veterans in kayaks and going out fishing, uh, fishing or not, or just literally just getting out on the water. Um, I went out to go help. I was just gonna help, you know, get people on fish and you know get people in kayaks for the first time. <laughs> Guide life, and I'm like, dude, it's gonna be yeah. so much fun. I'm gonna bring. That's a, what I was I'm, thinking too, Andy. Yeah. Guide life. I'm going to bring like a rod or two and I'm going to be like, this is going to be free. And then by the time I'm like done putting stuff in my truck, I have both my graphs alive in there. I have like 14 rods. I'm like, what am I doing? Where do you put all these rods? In his truck. I mean, so I have storage behind me, like in the storage bin that that's or like the tackle crate, which you could put, I think it was like nine. You could put there, but like in the horizontal rod storage on the Hobie, I can fit like 15 like down by my legs. Oh my god, that's a boat, dude. That's like a boat. I mean, it pretty much is, man. I, I walk around on the damn th- on the, the PA 14. Dude, I gotta tell you. So I'd never seen like relatively up close a kayak tournament, and I texted you in the morning. I was running to the Great Lakes, and they had a <laughs> kayak tournament. These dudes had trailers, dude, giant trailers, like stacked with two kayaks a whole section on top for rods and tackle and all this other stuff, stuff on the sides. Like these guys probably had $20,000 with kayak, just stuff for their kayaks. When I was kayak fishing, it was like, I'm bringing two or three rods. I'm bringing like one small box of tackle. Condense <laughs> it all into one 3,700. That's right. Box. That's right. I it, dream like, of doing that, Ben. But every time the one or the few times that I have done that, it has been uh, literally I get out there and the one thing that I said, ah, I'm not going to need this is exactly what I need, which is why I'm such a pack rat when it comes. But I guess there's a difference, right? Because you're doing it as as like a competitive angler. I was doing it to like get out of my bed boat. Well, see, even if it's fun fishing, like if I'm not even really going crazy fishing, like on Sunday, I didn't need to go fish that much. I know of one day (laughs) when you went out, I know one day you went out and didn't bring a ton of uh, camera gear. And that bit you in the butt. Huge. That's really? happened to him a few times. <laughs> it's catches 30 pounds. Yeah. I, I still feel very sad about this that day till today. It's uh, uh it's it hurts as we talk about it right now, PTSD. Uh <laughs> but um regardless, I will say it was uh it was pretty cool though on Sunday, uh getting some people on fish. Like we were we were finding them on live because they're out deep on this lake. It's you know full blown post spawn summer pattern, and it was cool though. Like this one guy, um, 
was up from Missouri. The first time ever in New York. Never caught a bass before. So I just handed him a drop really shot rod, and I was like, cast there. <laughs> and, and it was funny. And then watching uh, one of the guys that was out there, his kid was out there with him. And I, I put the kid's kayak next to me as we were going back, and I let him use the, like, the motor with my kayak with him and the kids. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun, man. But, That's what's cool about it, right? Like, I got a message last night from a kid who's like, you've inspired me to get into fishing. Like, I want to be like you. And I'm like, if I never, if nothing else ever comes from this, like knowing that I inspired someone to get into the sport or knowing that I encouraged someone to fish is all that this ever really boiled down to. So yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. If that ever happens to me, I'd be like, little do you know, you don't ever want to be like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to respond like, sorry, sorry, kid, you're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. New phone, who yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, dude. Uh, I feel like we could go on just riffraffing on BS all, all show. For sure, for sure. Uh, but dude, tell us about the bait. Yeah, so um, I had an opportunity. So I started working with a company called Excite basically at the very beginning of 2023. Um, but what's funny is Excite was my very first sponsor ever. So back in 2013, uh, when I was coming out of college, I wanted to fish the opens. Like I really wanted to be a professional angler. And like most guys who are young and didn't really know about the sport at the time, I thought I had to have all these sponsors. So I reached out to Lloyd and Lloyd's like, well, here's a 50% off discount code. And we kind of kept in touch. But Excite up until now was a very Texas style company. So they had like big craws, big worms, like creature style baits. They had nothing really that applied up here other than craws. And I guess like if you throw a big worm for a large mouth or whatever, but it wasn't small mouth oriented. So we separated ways and, and hooked up again in January of this year. He reached out to me with the opportunity to design a drop shot bait was really his intention. So we hopped on the phone and... When we were on the phone, he's like, okay, do you have any ideas or things that you like about drop shot baits or things that you'd like to consider making into a bait? And I can still remember, he had to think I was nuts when I said this, but I'm like, I want a bait that can imitate both a goby and a bait fish. Like I want something that can do both because I'm tired of carrying around like two bags of plastic or two totes of plastic to imitate different things because I have literally a tote of plastics with bait fish imitations. So like flat back, round belly, shad shaped worm style baits, Beast Coast Magic Flick, like some of the most popular shad imitating or bait fish imitating style baits. And then you have your other box, which is like your flat worms and like your um, bass magnet twitch, like your flat bottom round top baits that look like a goby. So essentially what I did that night is I went home and this is something that I had played around with, with other baits was the concept of a goby looking like when you look at the bait, I'll choose a different color so it shows up a little bit better. When you look at the bait, a goby has mm -hmm. a flat bottom, rounded top to a tapered tail, right? So when you're fishing a goby style bait, you want a bait that has a glide and you want a bait that sort of moves really naturally with the water, but doesn't have like side to side rolling action. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the exact opposite is what you are looking for with a bait fish style imitation. So a bait with a lot of body roll, not very much glide, but a lot of like darting side to side sort of action. And when you're fishing it on a drop shot, you want something that kind of just like darts around and has a lot of body movement. So what I realized is if you take a bait that looks like a bait fish and you flip it over, it looks like a goby and vice versa, like hmm. flat side, 
rounded body, tapered tail. Looks like whatever. I mean, so essentially what you do to change the profile of the bait is just flip it over. Um, and then what we did is we took it another step further than that. And on our goby imitation color, which is called Sandman, hopefully you guys can see this, it has like the sandy green pumpkin watermelon style top yeah. and a pearl style belly, which is the flat side and the bait fish imitation colors, which this is one of them. We have three. This is called real shad has a blue back to like a shad style rounded section of the bait. So like we change the way that we pour the bait based on kind of what it's supposed to imitate. And then obviously we have just like natural style colors where the full bait is like hmm. one solid color. Right. But that's really that kind of the concept behind the Minobi. Um, it's called the Excite Baits Minobi 3.3. Gobi. Got it. Yeah, Minogobi. It's like a really on the nose play on play on words. <laughs> I like it. Um, and then there's a couple design features bit built into the bait. So not only does it like change profile depending on how you're rigging it, it changes action. Um, so we have these stabilizing fins. I got this concept from like uh, Spark Shad. But what I didn't realize is like based on where they're placed on the body, it's going to change the action. So because they're not centered, like they're not in the main center of the bait, mm -hmm. when it's rigged like a goby, it's very, very stable. Like it doesn't roll a lot. It just kind of glides. But because they're higher up on the flat side, um, it actually causes the bait to have a lot of body wobble. Hmm. So it's pretty unique. And then we have a cross tail on the back. And then probably the most important feature on the bait is this little bulb on the tail here. Um, a lot of guys like to fish around current, so they'll pick up like a haze dog or some small swim bait that has kick or shimmy in the water. A lot of your main drop shot baits don't have a lot of movement in the tail. It's just a very dead style bait. Um, this will actually shimmy. So like if, you, hmm. if you're on a straight retrieve or you're fishing around current, that tail shimmies. And I kind of got some of this idea from a hit worm, which is one of my favorite drop shot baits because it has that shimmy mm -hmm. on the retrieve. So, Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty neat bait. We have 12 different colors, um, three bait fish imitations, a goby imitation, and then just a bunch of uh, like solid colors. style colors. Yep. Have you tried to throw it on like a quarter ounce football head and just drag it with like yeah. 12, 15 pounds? <laughs> Bends yeah, like that tail. Yeah. <laughs> you hit a rock, that thing's like. Yeah. Well, the other thing is their plastic has no salt, so that tail naturally floats. Mm. So we did a promo video. Um, and you can actually see it when it's on the net head, when the bait stops, the tail like wants to float up on it. So anytime you put it on, like, think of it like if you're putting a Z-Man style plastic on your football head, that tail is going to come up on the back end of the bait. And it's like so soft, it's going to have more of a shimmy. And it, mm. it's great. How, how long have you been wanting to do something like this? <sighs> One of my favorite drop shot baits ever was the Bass Magnet Twitch but I knew there were some things that could be refined just by fishing other baits. Mm -hmm. So like I had tried taking the twitch, which is, it's not the same profile, but it's a generally similar profile with like a rounded back to a small tail section, but it just mm -hmm. didn't do everything. So like there was always like a part of me that like knew that I wanted to do this, but I just never had an opportunity. I was working with Pierre and I was working with like these big companies and then even um, beast coast who I work with, like they already have a drop shot bait 
And so this is something I knew I wanted to do. I just never got the opportunity to do it until now. Heck yeah. You got to be pretty pumped. Did you get your name in a color yet uh, at all? Yeah. So this was Alex's, this is Alex's idea. So like this had a lot more to do with the bait being called the Minobi, which is sort of like Kenobi from Star Wars. (laughs) And so the color is old Ben, which is (laughs) Obi-Wan's nickname. I love that. Which that old Ben color is basically your, it's like a smoky green pumpkin. Um, I don't know if you can tell. It's like a smoky green pumpkin with purple and copper or purple and orange flake. It's like your standard, like Great Lakes, Great Lakes yeah. color. It's like the best tube color ever made. Yeah, exactly. I just want, I want a reel from you. Whether you post on social or not, <laughs> I just want to see it. Of you just screaming, oh, Ben, is your reel. Kind of like your old Greg. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's what I thought he was saying or getting at when he was doing that. And then he's like, no, dude, like you dummy. Old Ben is Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, honestly genius though. It is so smart. And it fit like it fits. But yeah. um there's no scent on the baits, but I do put my own scent on them. So I'm using Procure, um, especially for the Sandman color, the Gobi color. Mm-hmm. I'm using Procure and then I'm also playing with bait fuel. I'm still not like <laughs> I've seen bait fuel work and then I've also seen it like not make any difference. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Bait fuel to me is like an interesting one because it's the same thing, but I find it works better with some baits and then some days they want it applied that day. And then other days they want it <laughs> soaking on a bait for like eight days. And it's like, dude, it's so know. weird, isn't it? Like it is. I've seen where Maxent is like the deal. If you're not mm-hmm. throwing Maxent, like yeah. you're not getting bit. Um, but then I've also seen days where it doesn't matter. Well, we were bed fishing and smallmouth bed fishing is not like really hard. You just have to make them ticked off. Well, we've been fishing this bed fish for like five, 10 minutes. And my buddy, Brian Evie, we were doing the excite shoot. He's like, let me just try something and see if it makes a difference. And he puts bait fuel on and, turns around, puts the bottle down, flips in, and as soon as he goes to flip his bail over, that fish has that bait and is swimming away with it. Huh. I'm like, dude, he had tried to fish for that fish, made the same cast. So I, I wish they would go and try to at least prove some of the science talk that they had. Not to totally go off tangent here, because I really want to talk more about spate, but I wish like the bait fuel folk, whoever was just, like around it, like would come out and like talk more about the science claim that they got putting on there, because there's times, too, where I've I've been, I mean, anyone that's serious about learning more about bass fishing has tried bait fuel by now. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I've tried it and I've been like, okay, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, honestly, I've caught more fish without it than, than with it. But then there's times where it's like, it seems like the deal. And so I guess I don't understand my, my theory. And we've talked about this, I feel like a few times uh, offline here is I think it has something to do with the bait slick that the, that the bait fuel adds to it. Yeah. Uh, but I'd love to see them come out with any sort of supporting evidence or statistics behind, like how Berkeley has with power bait and with Maxent. Uh, yeah. They've actually dove into a little bit of the science behind Just, it. Just where... even if they put some color on the bait fuel, so we can see it like exp- like yeah something something. like that's all berkeley's marketing is behind maxent like they just make it show the dispersion i'm like oh neat like that's so cool it actually does something and bait feels like hey trust us it's not just lube like yeah (laughs) 
it it feels like lube. <laughs> yeah. It feels like lube. It tastes like lube. It probably is lube. Did you see somebody with like a bait fuel hoodie that's just at Walgreens buying out the whole aisle? Just <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the other thing I have an issue with bait fuel too is like some baits accept it really well when you soak it and then other baits swell to like 15 times the size of the normal like yeah dexterity and you're like uh i've been really i've been really afraid to like soak my baits in it so like i'll when i'm out there on the water i'll put like a couple drops in the bag because i'm like i don't want these baits to turn into 6.8 or 6.3 you know i've ruined bags of plastic the z-man plastics they swell with it but if you take the elastec from strike king which is technically the same plastic they don't swell so it's like <laughs> yeah the, uh, dude there's a few different baits that i've tried it with that it like so i throw a yum dinger a lot because just for the pure fact that i don't want to spend the money on a senko like i can get a hundred pack of yum dingers and it's like basically the same price as one pack of yeah and senko yeah. and so like i tried soaking it overnight and dude i kid you not the next day of like overnight no no that, they didn't get bigger they, dude, they were the softest freaking plastic. They would like melt in your hand. So, like, I tried to cast it. I cast it off five dingers in a row. Like, they just completely ripped in half. Like, it made them super soft. It but also it was, gets kind of like gooey. Yeah, yeah. It's like the like the little hand soft plastic thing as a kid. You know what I'm talking about? Where's the yeah. ring in the hand? You, you like, like slap somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. <laughs> it does. It gets very like gooey. It's weird. Yeah, yeah it just. I don't oh, know. Here we go. I don't know. Chris Flay says we need to uh, get on Dr. Bruce Tufts from Queens University in Canada. Said he invented bait fuel. I don't know. A guy up in Queens University in Canada. He might be bored. Mm. Who knows what bait fuel actually is? Yeah. Who knows? Here's my other question. So they have all those new, I think it's net bait, or maybe it's. Uh... Is it net bait? What's the it company is net bait that has, yeah, that has like the bait fuel in it, which they bought out like set the hook, I think, which is a Canadian company. And yeah. then they're all infused with bait fuel, which I think is odd because how would we ever know if it's actually infused with bait fuel, if it doesn't smell any different or look any different. Mm. Yeah, It's hard to know. I feel like that's just like a placebo. I don't know, but I know that Procure smells terrible. So does Potsky stuff. Is it? <laughs> like, so oh, simple. yeah. I got like yeah. seven or eight vials of it in my boat. And if it's like a 90 degree day and I open up my, all right, the guy that's mild on the lake is definitely smelling that. In the right <laughs> <way>. <laughs> he knows it's me. Or, or like, smell, I don't know if you ever use Smelly Jelly Bass Feast. No, like I use like Smelly it, Jelly, the, the special formula pink stuff. That stuff yeah. is disgusting. Oh, yeah. You open and you're like, oh. Bass feast is the same exact gross. way. You're downwind of Andy's boat, and you're like, "Yep, that's Andy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, good gosh. But yeah, so, procure is good stuff for sure. So, yeah. So the the Minobi. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you've had time to get on the water with this thing. What was yeah. kind of like your first reactions to it? Like, first. I was so noticed? afraid. I was so afraid. So I went from through the entire process of literally drawing out a piece of paper that's over on my desk right now. To like all of the different CAD drawings. And when I got the first CAD rendering, it was ugly, dude. It was like, let me see if I can find it real quick. It was disgusting. And I 
messaged Tyler and Lloyd, and I'm like, guys, we might have messed up on this one. And uh, I got it on the water, and I started out by putting it on a underspin, the Great Lakes Finesse underspin, because to me that's the one that you're going to have, like, the most um, – it's going to be the easiest to tell, like, does it swim? Does it have a shimmy on the tail? Like, does it do what it's supposed to do? And it, immediately mm-hmm. I noticed that because it has these fins on it, if on a drop shot, you can probably take these fins off. It'll fall a lot straighter, a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But those fins on, like, any sort of ball head or net rig cause the bait to actually, like, glide, like, swim down almost like a tube. Just because they're not, they're never, like, perfectly straight. You can't rig it straight enough just to get it to fall perfect. But... I'm super impressed. This was the very first rendering of the bait. It's just super ugly. Whoa. How did it how did it perform? Did you try that at all? No, no, we didn't even get this one. We didn't get this one. You were like, absolutely not. It this looks is, like a tadpole. That's kind of intriguing. What, yeah. This is what it looked like from the top section. Just absolutely. Is that a straight just, circle on the back? Yeah. It was just a circle. <laughs> it just looked disgusting. And so we're like, yep, that's wrong. Um, but we went through three or four different renderings before we got it right. This was the second rendering. Um, it was still a little bit too long. It kind of almost close. reminds me of the, um, oh gosh, the poor boy's Gobi. You guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it yeah. looked like originally. That's what it sort of originally looked like. And that just wasn't what we wanted. We wanted something that was super um, versatile. We didn't want mm-hmm. it to only have like one action. So that's what kind of intrigues me the most about this process. And, and I've been so excited about is the fact that it is so versatile. I can put it on a Ned rig and it has like a gliding fall. You can rig it two different ways on a drop shot, you know, flat side down or rounded side down. And it's not like a gimmick. It, it's not like we're just telling you to do this. You, because it's versatile. Like it's super, it excels at both of those things. And like mm-hmm. I fished it on a ball head, um, with the rounded side down and that ball head spirals down. And that's the only thing you can get bit on is on that spiral. It's like a big, it's like a tube, right? That's the allure of a tube on a fall. It's like that spiral down. So it's super versatile. Um, I think it's a bait that once guys try, they're really going to like, but again, it's excite baits. So we just got to get the word out because it's not a company that has historically been popular in the smallmouth well, has never been popular in the smallmouth world. So, that's going to be yeah. the biggest struggle is getting the word out about it. And I think we're going to do it. And once people get it in their hands, they're going to, they're going to like it. So, well, yeah. I think that's why they went with the, uh, one of the most renowned social media guys. They're like, Hey, <laughs> you only, you only reach out to smallmouth guys. Here's an opportunity for you. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'll this. I, if you like it, it makes me willing to try it. So I'll have to get a couple of packs. Yeah. I told it. Bailey, I'm going to send some packs your way so you guys can try them out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know, I know you guys are going to catch some fish on them. So. We'll, uh, we'll post on social media to everyone to not buy it. Yeah. yeah. Tell guys, <laughs> this is so bad. Um, there's a comment from Chris Flay. looks like a beefier crosstail shad. So the crosstail shad was the very first drop shot specific bait ever brought to market. Right. And it was great. It was, it was pretty good at the time. It was really great. But what a lot of people did when you fished a crosstail shad is they'll actually rig it with the flat side on the bottom and the crosstail up, which is the wrong way to rig. Yeah. And I don't like to say this, but it's the wrong way to rig a crosstail shad. The benefit of a crosstail is when you rig it down, 
the crosstail provides lift and movement side to side on the tail. So that's why we added the crosstail with the flat side on top. We wanted this bait to have lift and side to side like swimming action when it's rigged like a bait fish. Mm. So it's pretty unique. Um, we have a lot of like really cool design features, things you wouldn't even think about like until you start to fish it and you're like, oh shoot, like it should have this. Um, an example of one of those is on this rounded side. I'll pull up a picture on Excite's website. On the rounded side, um, is, it actually. Uh, Why you look that up? Is this going to be available on like tackle retailers anytime? Yeah, um, tackle warehouse got a bunch of got a bunch of every color in, so they should have it relatively soon. And then uh, I believe we're working on getting Omnia to pick it up. Okay. Um, and then other other retailers that carry Excite are going to have it. So let me cool. just share my screen real quick. Yeah. So for folks that are watching right now or listening at a later date on MP3, um, the once this is available on Omnia, we'll do a post. That way you guys can run over, uh, get some of these to try for yourself, and you, of course use our code uh, so you guys are saving money on that too. So we have 12 colors. Um, this clear perch is one that I'm really excited about as well. It's a Ooh. color that's not really been done a whole lot. Um, and in my opinion, it's it's been done, but just not phenomenally. But if mm -hmm. you look really close, there's actually a center line on the rounded portion. Because if you go to rig this bait on the rounded side, getting it straight is really, really important. So mm -hmm. in the prototype, we never had a centering line. Um, and it was very, very difficult to end up getting this bait rigged straight. So we added this in just from trial and error of fishing it. You can see it better here. But that helps uh, you. You want to share bait. your screen? Oh, am I not? Oh. No, click the present. I think I might have to like add it into the. Oh, sorry go. about that. So, You're good. So now on that, with the center line, are you finding that it's better to nose hook the bait when you're drop shotting it or like a through, like a threaded hook, like a size like a one, one or two? cover shot hook or a one-out uh if i if i'm like dead dropping on these fish and i don't need a lot of action i'll just rig it with like a one-out uh owner what is it owner sniper hook or owner stinger hook oh the sniper finesse yeah the sniper finesse mm -hmm. but if i'm fishing it like dragging it slow i just nose hook it um this really the centering line is if you're rigging it on like a net rig or something mm -hmm. To make sure you rig this bait perfectly straight. Otherwise, Why don't more people do that? I don't know, but I'll fishermen like myself thing. are dumb. We can't find the middle. That's right. <laughs> um, Sounds so wrong. But the centering line helps a ton, and I, I really realized that when we were prototype testing, I would go to rig it on a Ned rig, and if it wasn't rigged straight, it would spin and not look right underwater. Mm. I really like that color. Yeah, this royal minnow is a really cool color. It's very similar to like if you guys fish oh, mega bass. Uh, that caution bait. Yeah, caution is bright chartreuse. That's one thing I told. That's the, the one I want. Yeah, that's one thing I told <laughs> Berkeley guys was like, why is there not a chartreuse yellow or something like that for Max? But but yeah. I mean like the chartreuse and so many companies come out with chartreuse baits. It has to be like the perfect chartreuse for a smallmouth to bite it like not too bright but not too dull there's like that the, perfect mix the key and, is 
you have to have some silver flake in the chartreuse. Ooh, like if it's right. straight chartreuse, this is the clear perch. If it's straight chartreuse, like it's like too too chartreusey. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of a fan of that. Just straight up highlighter. So this is Sandman. The picture looks terrible, but it's like a watermelon sandy color back with the pearl belly. There is, there's a couple um, bays that off of one of the Great Lakes we have in New York that one of the my favorite colors to throw on them is sand for whatever reason. Like when it's high and sunny, slick, calm, sand can play really, really well. Hmm. On Saint Clair, it's a killer. On Saint Clair, it's like. A really, really, really good color. It's but, a very overlooked color by a lot of anglers, too. Yeah. Same with that dark melon uh, orange. Mm-hmm. So dark melon orange is like a small mouth color that not a lot of guys actually fish very often. It's, it's probably my favorite tube color is like a very bright dark melon, but it's got like that greeny to it, but it has it's, to have orange flake. Yeah, it's got like a very green hue to the orange yeah. or to the green. Yeah. Yeah. And so. incredible smallmouth color. So, yeah. But everyone's so stuck on browns and greens. It's like, all right, let's leave them there and <laughs> yeah. got the juice, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Because they work. <laughs> well, and I they mean, they stop work. working. They this, do work. Like, this real shag color, this is really the deal. Like, our fish get on a, I don't, it, it's like a white, um, white bass sort of hatch or something that happens late in the year out on those deep rock piles and they'll get on colors that are super, super translucent like this. Yeah. And this is like the only color you can throw to catch them, especially when it slicks off. So it, it's funny that you say that once like late summer, almost into that fall transition happens, I'll actually get away from the pumpkin colors and the brown back world. And I'll switch to like a smoke color or a natural shad because of the same deal. And you'll, you'll see the bait balls down on the bottom if you're running live. Dude, so. like, I didn't – I've always been the same way. Like, I fished uh, a version of Old Ben. It's called Spanky from Bass Magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a similar style color, a smoky green pumpkin orange. And then, like, your brown back style color. But what was happening is, like, I just was stopped getting bit the second the sun came out. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? And I fished the Beast Coast Special in the Magic Flick, which is a very translucent color. Mm-hmm. And I was getting crushed over any other color and that's how i figured it out andy yeah and now my question is too have you ever messed around with like your drop shot to hook ratio when it gets sunny like i find if i go higher i get yeah yeah go like in (laughs) stupid long like two and a half feet long so long it's dumb but so like on on sunday i'll give this up on the tournament that we won saturday Uh i was fishing a 40 inch leader on my baits and i was getting them to come up and eat it because everyone's fishing 12 to 16 inches off the bottom and I'm throwing it to rock piles. I'm like, how am I going to get these fish to react? So I pick up the rod, the longer leader, and I can literally watch them come up as I'm dead sticking it in 30 mile an hour winds at my face. Like it was terrible, but we could just get a glimpse of them on live and I'd watch the smallies come up and eat it. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you learn so much when you're able to be on a body of water almost every single day. You learn silly little things like that to get you 10, 15 extra bites a day. And as soon as I went to that longer leader length at like 11 o'clock, 
I think it was at noon or 1230. I texted Bailey and was like, I just put two fives in the boat. It's basically over. Like, What did, what did you guys have? Uh, just under 24 pounds for five. Wow. Our big one day. was five, seven, like post-spawn, nasty summer smallies. So, yeah. That's crazy, dude. So it was it was fun. Alex Rod. <laughs> it, I hate Alex Rod. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him to pop in. I hate Alex. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I already got messages. It's such we won't get into it too much. It's just such a funny world out there. It is. Yeah. Everywhere. Um, yeah. We won't even get into do that. Do you fish the Mickey rig? Yes. During the summer? Yes. Sometimes. It it's so situational based for me personally. And the way I like to fish, it doesn't set up properly for me because I'm not a drifter by any means. And you almost like you can spot lock and catch them, but we have so much current in Buffalo that it's hard for me to keep it up and down and get them to come up and bite. I almost have to be flat calm, cast to them and pull the fish to me yeah. if I want them to get, get them to eat it. And to me, I just, I have better luck drop shotting personally so yeah like even on the great lakes trying to like scope a fish where you're like yeah. throwing to them and having it come down and like shake it it's too hard like you're too much in and out of the water as opposed to like on inland bodies for me i've never straight up the Mickey rig drop it like 10 foot in front of the boat and done that deal but i'll scope them i love yeah. that yeah this guy over here to my he, he's pretty decent at it I, but I, I I blame the kayak. He's a little bit more stealthy and doesn't make as much noise. So <laughs> well, okay. You I, I, do you, do you straight up and down with them, or do you cast out to them? Like I mean, it's it's a straight up live deal, is what it is. But like, oh god, here we go. Ben, ben went to Russia in college, got messed up with the Russian mafia who is stealing bait designs. This bait is one of them. Conspiracies. This is what happens when you let Alex's imagination run wild. It's fine. Let it run. Ben, let it ben run. worked with a company 12 years ago, and this bait has a relatively similar. It's a drop shot bait, so wow, how yeah. can he do this? Uh, but back to the Demiki topic. Um in the summer, it's like if they're below me, I'll pitch down. But a lot of times, it's I'm seeing them on forward and I'm pitching at them, and I'm like trying to use. I'll have like two or three rigged up, all different weights. That way, like pending the how much what depth I'm in and where they're setting up, I can grab the right rod. That way, I can I can hold it. So this is pitch. why Bailey needs 15 rods. In that's the boat. yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> why it is. You and, should see it when he gets on my boat. There's like. Rods, I have like mountains on my deck of rods that are just thrown down. He's like running <laughs> in the back. I'm like, all right, it's Bailey's show today. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I'm really bad about it. But like, if you, depending on the weight you throw and the, where the fish is sitting at, like it's easier to hover it in front of their face. Like, that's how I was catching some big largemouth uh, two weeks ago, was they were out in like 23, 24 foot of water on like a piece of cover. Couldn't get him to eat anything. I got called Andy afterwards, and like I'd have to pitch fifty feet out, let it hit a certain depth, and just hover it and like lightly hit my line slack, and that's how you could get them to make you to float above it, and they'd come up and eat it. But like when I when I have to hold it above them, like mope it, kind of like how Gussie won the classic. For me, that's I do that more heavily. Like when it gets really cold, you know like when I you're going noticed... over boulders and you're just holding. What I think is so interesting this year, the way that Gussie won the classic was almost more like 
our version of like sniping fish where you like cast out to them and like slowly have to work it back mm-hmm. as opposed to the first time he went out there when it was straight up and down, like hold it until <laughs> they come and eat it. Yeah. I think that's hundred percent of water temp feel as well. So like, as soon as I started figuring out the Demiki bite this past spring before they got on the spawn, the water was like, Can't hear you, Andy. The only way I could get them to bite was to cast like 70, 80 feet in front of the boat and basically drop it down, watch it go down on live when it was slick calm and literally like almost like Alabama shake it in their face and you could watch them chase it all the way to the boat, but slowly. And then once you start pulling it up underneath the boat, they would eat it. It's like small mouth it's wild to me yeah i will say though the one reason i think you didn't see gussie the first time was because he didn't have live yeah he was catching all those fish on 2d that was the biggest portion of it where it's like i feel like trying i feel okay so fishing blind and when i say blind i mean without live or forward facing sonar isn't a challenging thing i love catching them when i'm not using it too but i feel like trying to pitch a a damiki rig at fish is probably one of the hardest things to do without forward facing sonar (laughs) Oh, and yeah. the other issue, too, is, like, the thing, as it goes down, it spirals, too, depending on the bait and what head you have on it. It never goes straight down. Well, so, I'll tell you what What head has zero movement, zero, and I mean, like, almost bad amount of movement, is uh, Do It Mold's new Angry Birds head. I don't know what it's called. Their finesse swim bait head. Mm-hmm. No movement, but that dude will fall straight so that for one? me, it's yeah. That thing will just fall straight and hold, hold perfect. Hmm. But the head doesn't wiggle. So I'm still gonna like. There's gonna be times where that's the deal head, and then there's gonna be times I'm still gonna have to use a diner shiner. Diner shiner. I love that name. It's great. How heavy of a head are you using typically? Three eighths. On the Great Lakes, yeah, three eighths. I'll three have. Half. I'll have a. Bailey will have uh, one of each, like one sixteenth to one ounce. <laughs> Seventeen <Yes>. rods rigged up. <laughs> Every sixteenth of a no. Uh, usually quarter, three eighths and a half, depending how deep fishing that day. Like, Dude, like I would never. This is what's wild, and that's so cool to hear because I never use a three eighths, and I never use a half. Like on a swim bait head, I'm for like scoping them. It's always like a quarter or less lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the half so, is usually breaking it out when like you're fishing 40 foot of water and you need to get down fast. It's usually not true. one I'm going to pitch at fish because that's so hard. Like, well, I will say too, if they want it faster, like there's times where you could float it up and they'll chase it to kingdom come. But if you speed it up a little bit, then they'll actually start committing. And that's where the half can come in because it could stay at that deeper depth, but also be faster, obviously with oh. physics, but. It's so like, interesting to me. We can well, sit when here when and I could just learn about it. <laughs> when, you're, when they're doing that, though, it is the most frustrating thing ever. When you have just, I wish they, because most times they just come up and freaking smash it because northern fish are stupid. But it's, I think it's a very underutilized technique in the summer, which I think Gussie's kind of, I mean, it's one of the reasons why last two years have been throwing it more and more throughout the years because of Gussie. Yeah. So he's kind of he kind of exposed that for people. He he definitely showed it off, yeah. and he keeps showing it off. Yeah, I, yeah, no yeah but here's the thing: he's Gussie, and we're learning how to do it. So we're like 15 years behind already. So yeah, we think we're efficient with it, but like literally, no one, absolutely nobody, 
in the classic could even touch what he was doing because he's that yeah. good at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's where like time on the water and experience with certain mm-hmm. techniques, like we can talk about drop shotting, but unless you're like, if you put two good drop shotters in the boat with someone that's average, like you, the good drop shotters are going to understand nuances more quickly. Now, Ben, so, let me ask you this on drop shotting. Are you a dead sticker or are you like a shaker on slackline? Because everybody does it differently. I'm a dead sticker as much as I can, I th- yeah, especially on the Great Lakes, really. <laughs> I'm a big time shaker. Like, Dude, I'll be fishing okay. with Andy and we'll pitch out at a fish on live. And Andy's sitting there like this. I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, I feel like at the same point in time, like personally, I've tried to especially with having live now, you can understand the behavior of the bass a little bit to understand if they want a little shake. And I feel like Andy's just completely dove into that. Like understood. Oh, I can, I can dead stick when I need to based on the way they react to the bait. But most of the time I'm trying to get them fired and get the most active one to go. Cause once you get one of them to go, they all fire. Yeah. So it's like at that point, once I catch six or seven or eight of them, then I'll start dead sticking it. And And I think, that's like, time to move. <laughs> one thing I noticed when Jordan Lee won that event on St. Clair, if you watch his rod when he's fishing that drop shot, he's like shaking it really hard. Yeah. And I sent it to Durds and I sent it to my buddy Jake. He's shaking that bait really, really hard and he would get him to go. And then you'd see him flip out and he'd catch another one like right away. But it's all about, like you said, Andy, especially during the summertime when they're in pods and they're in like big schools, you just have to get one of those fish yeah. to bite. And then they all, then you'll get three or four of them to bite. But there's a fine line between having your line too taut and having it too slack. Because if it's yeah. too slack and you're shaking, you're going to get all that braid twisted. But if you're too taut, you're moving that bait almost too much and you're making it hop and then they're not going to bite it either. The best so, way to learn like where that fine line though is, is get in like four to six foot of water where yeah. you can still see your bait and like understand, okay, am I actually shaking the line? Like, am I shaking my slack, which would make your bait dance? Or am I literally taking that bait and, like, ripping it up off the bottom? Well, that's one thing I don't think a lot of folks understand is, like, especially when you're fishing that deep. Like, say you're in 40 foot of water, and just one rod lift is, like, probably 5 to 10 feet that you're moving that bait. Oh, yeah. We were like, oh, I'm just lifting it up and down. No, you are sending it to kingdom come if you lift your rod up all the way. Moon every time you lift that rod, buddy. Like, and a lot of it too is like just general, uh, what is it, geometry or trigonometry of like, okay, my rod is seven foot long. If I move it three inches, you just moved it nine inches. Like the bait mm-hmm. actually moved nine inches because you lifted your rod three mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like a small movement with your hand is a lot more at the tip of your rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing I think I'm pretty good about when I'm drop shot fishing is I'll actually open my bail and I'll wait a lot longer than a lot of other people will to fish because I know exactly what is going on. So like I'm watching and as soon as it hits the bottom, I'm like, okay, I need like three to five more seconds before I even start working this bait. Cause there's times when you do that and you close that bail and you start to shake and they're on it instantly. So it's that dead action. It's just knowing what style suits you, but also how you're working the bait. And a good a good tip, you say four to six foot of water, sit at the boat ramp in the morning when nobody's there and literally cast off the bow of your boat as you're tied up and watch your bait. You can learn so much just from doing that. You know what's yeah. a million-dollar idea? 
if you could make a, a drop shot weight that had a like a like what well, is like a let's go like one of those russian spy cameras and stick it on there <laughs> yeah so like look up so like you could like it shows your bait up and like how the fish yeah that'd be freaking, like freaking sick because like you see people that troll for pike that have the camera attached and then there's the leader it'd be pretty sick if we could have something like that for bass i would love that could you imagine the content you could create out of that you just need Brian Evie to dive down and like. Yeah, that's true. You see, <laughs> Brian or Rob Matsuura to go swim with all your fish. Uh, the craziest thing I've ever seen. So Rob came up uh, July Fourth weekend, like four years ago. He dove down. I had my drop shot hung on a edge of a rock pile. He dove down in twenty-two foot of water and unhooked my drop shot weight from the rock pile. And he's like, "Dude, those fi- you can't see them on live scope, but there's fish down there looking at your bait." It's crazy. Yeah, and that that's another thing too. Like a lot of people, smallmouth fishermen will drive over rock piles, but like they're not there. And I'm like, oh, you wouldn't believe how many fish are actually on that rock pile. Because there there's crevices on 2D. 2D is one of the easiest ways, I think, to pick them up in rocks. Because you can zoom into the bottom 10 feet and really see, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's a gap. Like, yeah, uh, I yeah. see you now, buddy. <laughs> I, I love how Brendan from Brown Bait Co. here says hi to Ben and I, but not you, Andy. That's fine. Here, here we'll make it. We'll make it easier for you, Brendan. There we go. Now it's better. <laughs> JK, oh, JK. <laughs> no, but that's that's true. I fish with my 2D on. Anytime I'm going over rock piles to graph, like 2D will always be on. There's benefit of having um, down view when I'm graphing like grass or I'm graphing whatever, but if I'm on rock, it's going to be zoomed into like the bottom five to 10 foot of water. So I can see, especially yeah. like winter time is where I figured that out. Yeah. Mm. See, I, I use down imaging a ton at my council, but on my bow, I will run mega live on one. And then I have down imaging and 2d with my map on my second graph. And my 2D is always zoomed in to like bottom 15, 20 foot if I can make it happen. And it looks good because it tells you so much. Like there's days on live I don't even see them in the rock, but I can see them on 2D. I'm just amazing. Like, yeah. Just because you'll be like hard red and all of a sudden you'll see that tiny little like green and yellow blip in there. Yeah. Like, I see you, you sucker. I'm going to get you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just got to change huh? that boat angle a little. How much during the summer do you mix from deep to shallow? Like, do you always, is the majority of your time spent deep or do you have to move a lot with your fish? If I'm guiding, 99.9% of my time is deep. If I'm out fun fishing, it's probably 50-50. And I won't go shallow until the sun is high and it's dead slick cop. Yeah. So, but if the wind is blowing, I'm out deep because... I mean, I think a lot of people get terrified of waves and when the wind happens, but really, like, if it's slick, calm, deep, it's a mirror. That light isn't penetrating. You need the waves for that light to penetrate through for those fish to bite. So I think the other thing, too, is those fish deep will suspend a lot higher when it's slick, calm, and, like, oh, yeah. very, like, really, really, stuff. really funky, like, really weird. But they'll get up shallow and they'll start biting. Well, I just think you can see them. You're so much more efficient when it's slick. But isn't that uh, an interesting part of fishing? Is that like I'd be willing to bet like 95, if not more than that, percentage of anglers literally keep. Ever we, we I mean, I do it all the time too. 
like we get stuck in this mindset of how that your bait or technique looks when we're talking about it above water. We're not thinking about it as where the bass sees it below water looking up where it's completely different. Okay. I got on a quick phone call with David Swenside from Duo Realis. Like he messaged me. He's like, Hey, you have time for a quick phone call. And if, if anyone's ever heard David talk or met him, like a quick call is like an hour. <laughs> like a normal call is like three to four hours. He'll get on the phone and go crazy in depth. But he was talking about the same concept, Bailey, where he's talking about the way a bait looks from different depths and like when he'll throw the 100 versus the 80 spin bait. He's like, you have to throw the 100. Anytime you're fishing deeper than 15 foot of water, if you're fishing above those fish, like a certain amount, he like gives me all these crazy things, but he's like, those fish will actually silhouette it and trace it from a lot further away. And they'll be a lot more accurate when they come up and try to hit it. Otherwise you're going to have smallmouth come up and miss your bait with the one or the 80 a lot more. It's just like crazy, huh. but he really goes into depth and, and obviously has a ton of experience throwing the spin bait. Um, we got a comment here from one of our members, T1D Steve asking, uh, what hook do you like with your new bait? I'm using the owner mosquito or mosquito light in the size one. I like a one out for a lot of things, but this bait just has a lot more action on like a one mosquito light. Okay. And it's probably a really dumb question, but I still to this day don't understand the difference between a one and a one out. A one out's bigger. Like gap or like just profile. Just in general. general size it's a bigger, and gap. Yeah. Size mm-hmm. and gap. The one is very like a very similar gap to the sniper finesse number one. Mm. Okay. But I like the sniper finesse because it has a longer shank on it. Like if I'm dead dropping a bait, a lot of the time, like if I'm dead dropping a bait where I'm just dropping it on their head and like getting it in front of their face, a lot of times I like that uh, sniper finesse because it gets further back in the in the bait and I feel like it mm-hmm. hooks them a lot better. That's a dirty, dirty hook. It's so good. And I like the offset on it. Oh, it's that one out. Alex and I are both agreeing that it's probably one of the best wacky rig hooks we've ever used. Mm-hmm. And Nico. But that's, that's going to start a whole another tangent. But hopefully, that, hopefully that answered your question, Steve. I like the probably the number one owner mosquito light. I wonder if a size, do you think a size two would work good? I only use like size two, three, and four. It'd work fine. Drop shot yeah. Hooks. I like small drop shot it, hooks. So. It'd work great. I just like don't have the confidence to go that small on a drop shot hook. So what I found, I I use Ichikawa CT5s. I found when I went down to the, the size three as opposed to a size two on certain drop shot baits, I actually hooked the fish a lot better in the roof of the mouth with a smaller hook than with the huh. big one. With the bigger hook, I was hooking more fish on the side of the cheek for whatever reason. So I went down a size just to experiment with it, and I started landing more fish, and I was hooking them better in the roof of the mouth. It makes no sense That's crazy. why it was happening, but I'm like, there's something to this. And now I pretty much only primarily fish size three hooks when well, I'm throwing like a flatworm or a three-inch Senko. What if when they're on the tail of your bait, okay, you're drop shotting on the tail of your bait and they're coming to get that bait. Yeah. Like there is some sort of vacuum there. They can move that hook a little bit better if it's a smaller hook than if it's yeah. a larger hook. So then yeah. they don't actually have to physically get it in their mouth. Like 
they vacuum the bait in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if they're like not getting it good and they're just grabbing the tail, then I go to a size two cover shot and thread it. And I feel mm-hmm. like every fish is hooked deep in the back and I don't like doing it, but if I'm losing fish nose hooking it, I go to there and it's always like almost in their gullet. Mm-hmm. You know what I've noticed is so many guys are fishing like those tiny, like the premier drop shotters are fishing like those tiny hooks. Yeah. And you don't, you don't lose many fish for whatever reason, but there's not every hook is good at like the gummy split shot, drop shot hook that you need a bigger one. You need a size one or a one out to really hook the fish well. But I found if the you reason, can get, the reason why is the gap, like the the eye to gap ratio yeah. and the hook point. So if you, I started buying Japanese drop shot hooks because I found that the eye would be here and the hook point is up above it, even in the smaller sizes. So when you just lean, they're bare. It's buried. Like I, I broke a couple hooks on Saturday trying to get them out of fish's mouth because I they're hooked so good in the top that I couldn't even get like forceps in there to get them out that's crazy yeah <laughs> like i looked at those ichikawa two. hooks oh i just i'm like a nasty. huge fan of the straight like the mosquito light is like a straight yeah, straight to a bend I, yep it's like a fog shot it's so very very like similar to a fog shot right hook yeah i i oh, only Chris use right Fog shot size two. So there's only two <laughs> drop shot hooks I use is Ryugi fog shots in size two, and then Ichikawa CT5s in two and three. But what I found with the fog shot is they bend out way easier than the CT5, but they hook fish the same. But I was losing fish because the fog shot would flex the way I fight fish. Do you fight them fast? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I want to get them too. to the surface and get them in the boat. So I went to the CT5 because yeah. I found with smallmouth, the longer you fight them, even on drop shotting, the more likely they're going to come off when you get them boat side because they go crazy. And all of a sudden it's like, why do you come off? Because you made that hole just a little bit bigger. So I, I have a looser drag, and I literally wrench them as fast as I can to the surface and try to grab them. I and use... For a long time, I used the uh, owner regular mosquito size one knot. Yeah, and dude, I hit and I get this comment a lot. You had to set the hook into them, but you do not lose fish. You, that hook you if hit you them really them. hard. Yeah, and I would use a harder drop shot rod, so I, I would use like a medium, but like a harder drop drop shot rod. But you hit them, and then you just wind them to the boat, and they get up next to the boat, and you really have only a couple shots to get them in the net. Like if you yeah. miss, you're kind of screwed because there's not a lot of give and a lot of stuff in that setup. And eventually they'll throw it, but I just get them in the boat. <laughs> so I know with that, I, I've actually gone away from the normal mosquito now because I used to use it wacky rigging. And now I'm fully sniper finesse. Uh, the only reason I didn't like and I learned, I was actually completely different when you guys would hit them. I noticed with to get the mosquito because if you look at the very tip it rounds in almost kind of like an octopus yeah, i would cinch my real. braid all the way down and just reel really hard into them because that way it could get time to rotate and then you just hope that it pins that was like the only way i could get it to work right and that's when i said screw it mosquito light and then I, that's all i drop shot with now yeah yeah so aaron I, has a good question and I, I'm curious, Ben, here. Aaron wants to know what size line are we wrenching these fish on? I'm using 8 to 12-pound braid, depending on the company, and 5 and 6-pound fluoro. Yeah. Like, 
just ripping on them. Because if you have the proper drop shot rod, you're not going to break your line. In Chris Flay, I buy them at Omnia, Yuchikawa hooks. Yeah, same same deal. Like, um, like I said, I built a custom custom drop shot rod, but it was too heavy, so I'd actually lose fish when they come up and go to fight. Now I'm fishing a TFO seven thirteen. It's a medium light, but it's like a medium. I would call it a medium moderate fast. So it bends like really deep in the rod. So it's got that deep parabolic bend, but it's got yeah, a quick. It's tip so it's so tip. important. It's so important when you're drop shotting to yeah. have a good drop shot rod that bends way down into the blank. But it has to have a quick enough tip to detect that bite because a lot of times you don't feel them. Yeah. It just gets mush. So you need a rod with tip that's mushy, but you have backbone at the bottom third of the rod, but it has to bend deep. So when you hit them, you're not breaking your leader at the hook. Oh, that's spr- the, you know what uh, it is. You know bait. what it is. It's six cents bait. It's the only bait that they ever drop shot in until they got with six cents, which was a haze dong three inch. Like, it's six cents version of a haze dong. Yeah, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like, honestly. It yeah, also looks like it has the OSP do live shed body to it, though. It looks a little thicker based on yeah. that photo, but then they just slapped eyes on it. Yeah, the, I, the reason dong, I say that so the like, dong is so thin that that almost looks way too wide for dong. I have, I got some right here. Yeah, so. <laughs> I've just I've just heard through the grapevine. There's I'm a, I have a very close friend who said that they fish a three inch dong a lot. It's good bait. Yeah, I, I was I was just intrigued. I was looking at I always look at the top lures more not more so for the shenanigans more so than anybody else actually being truthful. But I saw that one with the blurred picture and I'm like, huh, interesting. <laughs> I mean, anything the Johnston brothers come up with, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be good, you know, if they're being yep. truthful, if they're actually throwing it. Because I, I think I literally remember, was it last year that Corey in the open, he just put uh, showed a hook? <laughs> like, he didn't show a bait? <laughs> like, he's like, I'm drop shotting, oh, but I'm yeah. not showing you the bait. Yeah. And then uh, Chris came out with the CJ Smasher. I guess they fished that three. Like, they'll take a three-inch Senko-style bait, and they'll fish that a lot, too. Yeah, I yeah. have some of those DJ Smashers. I've yet to catch a fish on them, and I've thrown them a ton. It looks yeah, like I'm an old Wyandotte worm, like a walleye yeah, worm. it does. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, like, the, uh, to an extent, of the yum, what do you call them? The, good Lord. What is the yum bait, yum little drop shot bait? You know what I'm talking they about? They have like four or five different ones, I feel like. They have yeah, the, they have like they the have a kill shot, shot, the kill shot, the. So yeah, never I'm mind like, then. They yeah. me. You know what the CJ Smasher <laughs> actually reminds me of? Do you remember the Mullock Seder worm? Like the real yeah. and it had like the bulbous tail, but then it had a point on it. And every time you got bit on it, the tail would be gone. Every because... time. Every <laughs> single time you get touched. It could be a hand. <laughs> you could touch it with your finger and it would fall off. <laughs> yeah. But it, it got bit. But I had to stop using them because they're so expensive. And literally, like, you hit a blade of grass and you pop it free and come back half a bait. And you're just like... Drive me nuts. <laughs> but it got bit. If it got through cleaning, something else didn't pinch it first. Yeah. So. Um, what brand line? I use Sunline. Sunline Leader? Yeah. I'm, well, Sunline I, Sniper. I use Sunline Sniper. You cray-cray. So, 
I use two different ones. I've actually really liked Tatsu for the first like five fish, and then I have to retie it because it gets so spongy. I hate it because it gets like you'll see it's amazing when you first tie it on, and then it'll like get like this weird crackly white color to it, and at that point it's like cut it off and retie. But I'm I'm all about the gamma edge, like six pound gamma edge. It's okay. What about diameter? What is so I'm a big diameter guy. It, it's about the same diameter as like other companies' eights. Okay, I got so you. it's it's not terrible, but it gets the job done. I've tried the Gamma Touch in six and seven. That stuff is thin and it's super strong, but it's the same thing as Tatsu. After like four or five fish, it starts to like get all crackly yeah. white, and you have to retie it. Yes, yeah, so, I throw Touch. I don't throw Edge. Yeah, I, I never so, had it retie much. Oh, I I. I think I went through an entire 200-yard spool of touch last May in three weeks because I was retying it all the time. Mm. Um, another really sneaky, great one, if you can find it, is do, um, Daiwa Samurai Floral. Oh, man, hmm. I flip with that stuff in 18 and 20 and 22-pound test. It has like, the same diameter as Sunline, but I, I'm convinced it's like a better line. So the thing I've noticed with that samurai is it's super soft, like it's so soft, and it's it's got a little bit more stretch to it than other florals, so it doesn't break nearly as quick. Yeah, because you can you can jam them with it, and a lot of floral that's the issue with it. It's so snappy. If you hit them too hard, it'll just break. Or if you cinch down your knot too much, that samurai stuff is it. You can cinch your knot down, you can slam a hook on them, and you're not breaking it. Yes, I, I like that stuff a lot. T seven that is that Yozuri's fluoro. Yeah, I think I've heard good things. Uh, uh, I mean, I've heard bad things. <laughs> well, I haven't heard bad things. I've heard great things. That's why I I've heard it. good things and bad things about every single brand out there. It's yeah, just... there's no good brand out there. Like I, we could sit here and just say, "Oh, I've heard this or that." I just here's the thing: it's fluorocarbon. It hits sun, it catches fish, it's going to wear out sooner than later. Some yes. brands is after one fish, some brands is after 10, some you can go all day long. Yeah. So, yeah, um, see, Shooter's good. I Like the Sunline, what is it? The Sniper FC scares me when I start getting down to like six pounds. But I know guys who swear by it and love it. I just, the way, maybe it's the way I tie knots. I just, I've had issues with it. No, I don't know. I, uh, I I I totally got some spro line after watching Ty's video about fishing line. Yeah, they they don't make it below it like a certain line day or line size. I don't think. I don't so know. My, I no, I got like. Ben, 12. did you ever try the Sunline finesse fluorocarbon they used to make in the green spool? That was the best fluorocarbon finesse fluorocarbon they ever had. I got I used it for like two years before they discontinued it. Never had a single issue. I had a four-pound spool of it, and I couldn't break it on a hook set. That's crazy. Mm. It's yeah. like there's so many – my problem with – I love Sunline. I'm like a huge Sunline guy. My problem is there's so many different types of fluorocarbon. Too many. Cranking, finesse, uh, power to see, da-da-da-da-da, on and on. I'm like, sniper, that's all. The one thing I can love, like appreciate about Sunline is every one of those fluorocarbons actually act differently and they yes. feel different in the hand. So I know that they're putting a lot of effort and technology into them. Like 
I've used a power crank, which is like that grayish in the purple box. It's not bad cranking line, but I found the same thing. It it broke down incredibly fast on me. Okay, so like um I've tried Trilene six pound, which has the same diameter. As like ten pound of everything. As else. Ten or twelve pound like everything else. It's not bad line. You just gotta like I, I'm a huge believer, especially on baits where you want um, kind of the benefits of fluorocarbon, which would be obviously invisibility, low stretch, and then bait action. Like diameter matters an incredible amount. If you're flipping, whatever. doesn't matter. Yeah, but finessing, like, and that's where I like the Gamma Edge is the fact that it's thin enough still and it's super strong. Like it's a lot of other companies' eights, but if you buy. Other companies' eights a lot of times are actually like 10 and 12 pound tests for some companies. So it's just yeah. understanding and then knowing how to put action on the bait or no action at all based on what the fish want. Because fluorocarbon's invisible. It's just truly your line size is where you get all of the action from. Like people will be like, I drop shot with 10 pound tests. I'm like, that's why you only caught four fish today. Like, go down. You know what, you know what was crazy to me? Is uh, Jacob? So I watched Rate the Bait on Mark Daniels' channel mm-hmm. a lot, and um, Jacob Wheeler and Dustin Connell were talking about fishing with or drop shotting with ten and twelve pound test fluorocarbon line on Saint Clair. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things they said was, like, someone had said it. We try to get away with the lightest line possible, and Dustin goes, "No, we actually try to get away with the heaviest line to maximize our bites." to efficiency right. ratio. It's a pretty interesting concept. I remember right? when they like, they talked about that heavy in the St. Lawrence event two years ago, I think it was, because they were reeling in fish faster because they could torque on them. I torque on them anyway. Like, I don't okay. care. <laughs> I do. I hit them and I fish them really hard. I just want to get them in the boat and minimize this amount of chance they have to throw my bait. Because if mm-hmm. I'm turning them this way and I'm fighting them up, they can't pull down and they're not going to like dart off to the side. Like they're going where I want them to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until they jump. And then when they jump, all bets are off. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's just small mouth in general. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Ben, we're probably going to wrap this sucker up here in a few minutes, but uh, any, any other baits or anything you're coming out with here soon? TFO is coming out with some new rods. I had a hand in helping out with a couple of actions, but Ooh. it's just more so like they sent me rods. They're like, hey, what do you think of this action? And I'm like, oh, it's good. No no, uh, no old Ben hair rod or something? No. We already designed the hair rod for TFO. <laughs> <laughs> so they got the 7.6 medium light that I helped them like really refine and design. And um, that's a, I think it had a more a lot more design went into that rod than a lot of people realize, but there's like glass in their graphite rod because mm. we needed to bend a certain amount down the bike. So are those on Omnia by chance? Uh yeah. 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 Well they're getting rid of the tactical elites, so they might actually be on sale too. Ooh. Let's figure that out. Well uh if if it is, I'll drop it in the comments for everybody here. Um, I think we might have sold them out already to be honest, but yeah. You're way ahead of schedule then. Yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, always, buddy. You always got a seat here. You got uh, any fishing trips around like that coming up? No? You're, no, you're we, do a fall, we do a fall trip. 
we're all just going to stay at my buddy Dirt's house though, which is like down the road. And we're just going to go to the great lakes. Cause we try to go like long distances all the time, go to lakes. We don't have a ton of experience on. And then the fall it's so like, if you don't really know what's happening, Oh, it's so hit or miss. It's so hit or miss. Like you can get up there. It could be the best trip of your life, or it could be the worst trip because those fish mm-hmm. are so finicky. So oh, the fall drives me nuts. I love it. and I hate it. It's it can feast be like, and famine. You can have the best day of your life or you're like, why can't I get bit? And all of a sudden you'll catch one yes. on like the most random thing. You're like, is it a clue? And then you try to run that thing. And then it's like, Nope. <laughs> I just wasted two more hours of my life. <laughs> and if you don't know enough about where you're fishing, like you don't have enough to replicate yeah. or try. So yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I got a bite. Now I have to go run it to death to know that it's not the right yeah. thing. And yeah. it's like, where do I go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, what about you guys? Right. Any trips? Anything's planned? Uh, I'm, going... I'm coming out to Buffalo at some point, Bailey. You are? Yeah. In October. Oh shit. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> we got. I have a bunch of days boat. free before that day, so we'll go fishing somewhere. Yeah, that'd be sure. sweet. That'd be yeah. sweet. Well, Andy, at one time we will have Ben and Rudd in the city of Buffalo. That's that's gonna be a fun week. I don't know if I've actually told everybody on the podcast yet, but uh, Rudd is officiating my wedding. Oh, he's actually doing You didn't know it. that, Ben? You, you told me he was doing it, but I, he told me he was doing it. So I thought it was he joke. didn't want to believe it. He thought, <laughs> I, was like, oh, ba- I was like, oh, man, Bailey's like, no no chance, Bailey's that crazy. No, yeah. he's straight no, up. No, he's that crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to be great. He was, um, so you're staying at our house because he came up for the Cayuga event, and uh, he was sleeping at our place, and we were talking. I was going to ask one of my buddies because our Land and I's college coach um he couldn't do it he was like a, the mayor of like the city or like the college we went to so he could do it but he told us he wasn't able to make it for this one he can make the wedding just can't officiate and i remember we were telling alex that and he said he goes he goes i'm licensed and i looked at land and i'm like i'm good if you're good <laughs> we were like yeah let's do it <laughs> uh, alex is gonna wear a chesty up there I told him like, "Hey, rock out! Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, we, we that'd do be not a fantastic care. intro into a video. It'd be awesome." <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? It's Alex Rudd. I'm actually officiating Bailey's wedding right now. <laughs> Look <laughs> at live this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told him it's going to be awesome though because both of our families are like 99 all from New York, and then there's just this big bearded like Eastern yeah. Tennessee Southern drawl that's marrying us. They're going to be so confused. Six and a half foot Bigfoot up there. Yeah, why is the Lorax marrying them? <laughs> 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 Oh, that's gonna it's gonna be awesome though. It'll be perfect. He has to get a fake bird and put it in his beard as he sits there and talks. <laughs> fake yeah. bird, it even better. Yeah, just like a little peep or something. Just shove it in there. Uh, we'll just hilarious. get some Sankos hanging out of his beard or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way, it'll be it'll be fun. We'll have to. We'll definitely have to schedule something when you're when you're up here. Like yes. get to get all the the dudes that week out mm-hmm. on the water someday. That'd be sweet. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pull up my calendar now to make sure that I don't schedule anything that week. Yeah, <laughs> like, so right that now, wedding is gonna be a banger and a half. <laughs> right now, the only day that I have a guide trip that week is Monday the 16th. Be, I think it's before the Bills Giants game because I think that's a Sunday night or Monday night game in Buffalo. Mm. So I have You're... the 17th through the 20th open, and I'm keeping it that way. So, <laughs> yeah. Dude's trip. Mm. Let's do it. 
we and were, that's we about my really... favorite time to fish on Erie. So, oh, it's, oh, it's the it's the best, dude. It is just in general on the Great Lakes, like late oh. October was October nineteenth, I think, is when me and Destin dropped that twenty nine and a half pound bag in the Derby. It's amazing. Yeah, it's also a very fun time to go catch some big, large, mouth. large mouth bet. Yeah. <laughs> Pets, if you if you will. So we'll have some fun when you, when you guys come over, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Well, Ben. Well, uh, we're almost going on an hour and a half now. So uh, no, we'll thank you, you guys. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Yeah, buddy, dude. Appreciate you coming on and talking some some smallmouth and obviously dropping the new bait on us. We'll uh, I can't wait to get hands on it, catch some fish, and uh, you know tell you how bad I hate it. And, I know you're just gonna get it. And be like, oh, this thing's trash. Hey guys, I'm gonna we're doing a giveaway on this live stream. <laughs> It'll, I'm gonna make one of those reels where it's like how to throw the the Excite Minobi. Take out of package, in the trash. throw in the trash. You guys would, you guys would. No, thank and you. And then catch a smallmouth on it, like included <laughs> in the reel. Yeah, how Psych. to throw it? You like put it on your on your hook and you throw it in the trash can, and then all of a sudden the next clip is you like reeling a fish out of the trash can. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Thank you guys. Ideas. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. You always got a seat. It's good catching up. And uh, dude, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk soon. See you. All right, buddy. Oh, dude. The more I think about it now, my wedding's going to be kind of nutty. <laughs> like, the it's, people that are going to be there. Straight banger. Because there's a couple other like Southern folk coming too. Zach, right? Zach's coming. Yeah. Zach's coming up from Louisiana. Yeah, Forrest is going to be there. Inbred hey, now, you. New Yorker. Like, yeah, you and Forrest in the wedding party. That's going to be shenanigans it's gonna be fun i'm like dad i'm like the you second dad. dad of the group you <laughs> well, are dad of the group well ben's probably pretty close to my age and rudd is what 30 right is he I he's think pretty he's, close to i think rudd's 29 yeah so close enough 29. i'm not the i'm not like superior in age but i mean i'll be past 33 when we hit your wedding so i'm yes yeah, that's easy for being old but I, I don't look at you like you're old yeah i know i know it's good it's all good you're just a I'm, big I'm like the bastard. I'm the dumb old man. I'm not the wise old man. I'm the dumb old man who loves fishing. So, <laughs> give yourself some more credit, man. Uh, we can catch some smallmouth. I'll tell you that one. But everything else, I don't know. Hey, you can host a banger lure lab episode. I'll tell you that they've been going Which, great. That is a great popper episode. If folks haven't seen that recently, and you want to tell folks about that, yeah. So we had uh, Ty Berger come on. He's our first, second time guest on the Lure Lab, and we had a lot of requests come through for a popper episode. Popper episode, and uh, we dropped some heat on that one. It's great. It's out on YouTube and MP3, all your favorite podcast platforms. If you haven't tuned in to Lure Lab yet, I uh, strongly advise that you do so because every episode there is just tons of juice and knowledge dropped and that'll help you put more bass in the kayak the boat the bank whatever your flavor is to catch them we give tips and tricks that will help you get them more like one of my favorite episodes i think was with hunter when we were talking frogs when he was talking about putting the glass beads and cracking mm. them up and inserting them i'm like man that dude, like, oh man i've heard some wild stuff like people that like dm and be like you wouldn't believe what people put in frogs and stuff and i'm like yeah. i can't even expose half of this stuff because it doesn't even sound real i'm like send me a video right. like it's wild yeah yeah so the whole episodes are chock full of great information but every episode also has what andy and our network what we call for lure lab the the do it mold segment which yeah 
is like the juice of the show. So definitely go check that out because Andy essentially politely enforces that every guest on the show give up a piece of juice, like yeah. something that's not like your standard. Yeah, and and I mean some of the information, like some of the the context behind it is very general and basic, but there is some like insane knowledge that gets held up for that question at the end, and it's incredible. And Brown Bay Company, no, but I know. I heard the one Spro tournament on Gunnersville when they have the frog only derbies was won by guys punching like hollow belly frogs, like one of the first ones. What? Yeah. How? I don't know, but people were punching them on Gunnersville, and that's how they won like one of the Spro frog only derbies. Bet you people protested it. They called it cheating. Yeah, probably, but I mean, you just had to have a frog tied on, so that's right. That's that how rules? you have to fish it. Yeah, <laughs> suck Jersey Fisher and fan with a weight in front. Yes, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, you I catch bet you an obvious like, commercial. <laughs> no, I bet you there's a way to do it. Like you would have to take the inserted hook out, and you'd probably have to melt the plastic to a way to where it's waterproof, but still soft, and then run like an EWG style hook through it. Yeah. You could probably make it happen. Uh, that's above my pay grade. Same. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pass on on that jazz. But dude, tonight was a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate everybody joining in. It was a pretty rocking uh, chat. So appreciate y'all that are still tuned in at this moment and tuned into the show. Um, the engagement is is always appreciated. Um, and as we keep rocking here, we have. This episode is 389. So in 11 Ooh, episodes, 11 away. We're going to be having a big old party for episode number 400. We're going to be having some big giveaways. We already got some in the works that you literally do not want to miss. Like I'm talking big money prizes. So as we get closer, we're like maybe when we're a month out, we'll slap a date on that show uh, and we'll let you guys know when it's going to be. And we'll start announcing some of the prizes and such that you guys can win on that because it's probably going to be, to be quite frank, it's probably going to be like a two, three hour show. We're going to have Rudd on there. We'll have Ben. We'll invite a bunch of people. We'll get like Boomer, Brandon from the Fantasy Fishing Shows, Deacon. Will so, be on. months out, real fast, will probably be around August 10th, I think, based on my quick calculation of math. So, it'll so be month early out September. Yeah, I think it's going to be right around like September 15th to the 23rd ish is when that episode will be, which would be great because that's my birthday yeah. if it's the 23rd. So that would be, that could be really fun. Birthday party class. slash 400 <laughs> celebration. Yeah. <laughs> be pretty, pretty wild. See, uh, regardless, we are going, when is my birthday? Are you kidding me right now? Did it, you just it, say it, that? Yeah. Did you just it's, say when is my birthday Saturday. this year? It, it's a Saturday. It won't fall. <laughs> you just okay. ask, when is my birthday this year? As if it changes. <laughs> it does. You never know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We live in America now, right? We can change whatever we want. <laughs> Today's my birthday. Tomorrow's my birthday. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, either way, uh, we're getting all the details wrapped up. That's going to be, I mean, for folks Dang that it. have been tuning into our show for you know, over over the three years that we've been running this thing, you guys know that we do not so serious episodes. Uh, usually, it's about every hundred episodes. I can't remember. I think the last one we did was three hundred. Uh, so, what that means, we're going to get on all of our buddies. Uh, we'll have it kind of scheduled out throughout the night so that we don't have fourteen people trying to talk over each other. Um, we'll get a bunch of our buddies on the show. 
uh, talk some shenanigans. Like that's a show where there might not be a lot of fishing knowledge dropped, but there will be a lot of things you will learn about the characters that are on the show. Uh, we'll have some crazy Count stories. Uh, drinks will be had. It will be. Uh, we'll try to keep it as PG thirteen as we can, but no guarantees because they have certainly gone rowdy in the past. Um, that's just your precursor I warning now. King. It's always John King's fault, and I know he's listening to this right now, and we're going to get a text tomorrow and he, when he hears this, uh, but <laughs> we, we, we love him. We love him for it, so uh, I'm sure we're going to have John on that one, too, so it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys, uh, when we announce that, you know, we'll announce it on the, obviously on the show and keep giving you guys updates as we get closer, but it'll be on social media and all that jazz. Um, we are trying to as we wrap into uh, the end of this year, uh, as we get closer, trying to establish some more giveaway stuff to get you guys, because there are so many names in here right now. Like we have Brendan from Brown Bait Co., Jonathan, South Jersey, you know, Sean. I mean, I can keep going up here. D1D Steve, who's a member, one of our YouTube members. We don't ever ask you guys to do that, but he went and uh, signed up. So, Steve, appreciate the heck out of you, man. Uh, always in you guys are always in these shows and we would like to uh give back and reward you guys john dossier is asking what the website is for the hats it's down in the description if you are i believe on facebook too but it's what seriousanglernetwork.com correct bailey yep. i just yeah. put it down in the chat but yeah it's always in every mp3 or uh youtube show notes it's not in the facebook show notes because facebook doesn't show live streams to people if you have a website link in the post which is really mm-hmm. stupid uh, so, which is why you only have a small description on Facebook. Um, but I believe our website is linked on our Facebook page. It's just seriousanglernetwork.com. That's where all of our apparel is. Um, that way, if you want a hat, if you want a hoodie, things of that nature, we got all of that online there. Uh, as well, we are ramping up the blog back again here soon. Once I get some more time back into my schedule, um, that will the blogs are always posted to the uh, sorry the the newsletters are always posted to the website. And we'll start be starting that back up here soon. But regardless, what I'm trying to get at, long story short, is some really cool episodes coming up. 400 is going to be a big party. But also, we got a pretty stacked lineup coming up here of uh, some guests, which is going to be pretty freaking cool. So appreciate y'all as always. Uh, Andy, any uh, smallmouth days or even looking ahead for steelhead days that people oh, can yeah. get Great in question. on? So, um, Originally, July and August were only going to be largemouth dates, but I opened up a bunch of dates in August, and then there are a few dates in September that have been open for smallmouth as well. So if you head over into my Instagram page or my Facebook guide page, which is a business page, I yesterday posted all the available dates that I have for August and September. Um, Fishing is only going to get better now that the fish are getting onto the summer pattern. And, um, yeah, October is almost fully booked. And then November, December is going to be pretty much all steelhead. But if we have good weather through November, I will keep the boat out and do bass trips through November because that's truly the time of year that you have a chance to catch a seven pounder and more than a hundred bass in a day. So that's, um, I'm looking forward to November if my boat will stay out and we don't get 88 inches of snow in two days. Always, yes, Scott. Scott, another one that's always in here too. Yes, Scott, Cheers. there will be drinking on the 400th episode. 1000%, there will be, we'll be drinking on that one. So, uh, yeah, uh, a Bush Light Labatt, any of you guys, we, we don't have a beer sponsor, 
So if somebody wants to go sponsor the 400 episode and be responsible for the debauchery that ensues, uh, <laughs> putting the feelers out there. <laughs> I like it. Regardless, there will be, be drinks had for sure. Um, but Andy, I am excited this weekend. I am going to go on a little trip. It's the fiance's bachelorette weekend. So that means uh, I get a few days. I took Friday off and I'm going to go up and explore some lakes that I have never been to. Or a body of water I've never had the kayak on. I look so forward be, to hearing that. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. My mind changes every single day where I'm going to go. So we'll figure it out. Mother Nature needs to make up her mind too because the forecast changes always. Um, yeah. So my my next goal that I have for my guide business is to attempt to get to over three thousand smallmouth in the boat before the end of August. Right now I'm sitting at like twenty two hundred and. Summertime is a tough task to do that because a lot of days we're only catching eight to 15 fish. So, but we'll see. There are magical days. I've had 80, 90 fish days in July and August. So fingers crossed that we can get there. Hopefully tomorrow is a good start to it because I have the next three days on the water. So, yeah. Heck yeah. Well, buddy, tonight was a lot of fun. Thank you again to Mr. Benjamin Nowak. Uh, guys, if you're not subscribed or following him on social uh, the links are down below. Highly encourage you to. Ben is a wealth of knowledge. That's why we love getting him on the show. Good buddy of ours. Um, and so make sure you guys uh, support him and, and his endeavors. Buy some of those baits when they come out. When they do come out, obviously we'll have that. We'll talk about it on the show quick, but also do uh, some social posts on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz for you guys as well. But Folks, appreciate y'all, and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>